Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears. A proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at a time. This episode of The Read-Along is brought to you by TELUS World of Science Edmonton, home of the Canadian debut of Marvel Universe of Superheroes. The exhibition runs October 19th to February 17th, and Edmonton is the first and so far only Canadian city to host it. It features more than 300 artifacts, costumes, props, and interactive elements to bring the Marvel Universe to life. You can travel through the mysterious mirror dimension of Doctor Strange, digitally transform into Iron Man, and pose for selfies with Spider-Man and other iconic Marvel characters. Learn the story of Marvel and its influence on visual culture and help celebrate its 80th anniversary by buying your tickets today at telusworldofscienceedmonton.ca that's telusworldofscienceedmonton.ca so way back in chapter 18 of our novel so far back uh some things happened as uh, our team attempted to make its way to see the Emperor, got sidelined at the Ministry of Intelligence, or Information rather, by 30 Larkspur supporters who have taken over. <laughs> Poorly. And then uh, are left waiting in a boring room until a bold plan of escape is enacted with the help of 19 ads. And bullets are fired. People are shot, escapes are made. And we are left on a bit of a cliffhanger. Drama. As we move into chapter 19 of A Memory Called Empire by Arkady Martin. As always, we begin with some flavor. Oh, the flavor. Uh, the first is a public safety poem. From the Empire? <laughs> well, yes. Apropos, considering the current political situation. Indeed. Meantime, over on Elsel Station, uh, Councillor Anshu is uh, pretty angry at the note, the note I wrote was, Anshu seems dot 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 upset. Yeah. Uh, she is... <laughs> Putting it mildly. She is essentially promising to end Darge Tarat's and Anknel Omnardbat's careers and existences. Uh, yeah. She's she's all but saying she's going to have them walked out of an airlock. Basically. Uh, and she has promised that she will end their Imago lines, which is, as I understand it, like a pretty... That's a pretty big threat. That is a that is a tremendous threat. Real big threat. Uh, especially to the uh, counselor for the miners, who has a very old and prestigious... Imago line? Imago line, and the counselor for heritage, who's in charge of preserving the Imago lines. Right. Like, this is, this is huge. This is, this is bad. This is, this is a society upending threat. Yeah. This is, uh, this is not and, good. And it's because there's an existential threat to the station staring down at them right now. And yep. it's largely because of the machinations of Darge Tarats and the petty indiscretion of Amnardbot. Yep. And the two of them may have doomed Elsil Station. Yep. So, Quite possibly. So, yeah, I can understand why Anchu, who, as I understand it, is kind of the next most powerful of the counselors, being the counselor for pilots. Yes. After the counselor for miners, uh, Darge Tarats. This is. Like, yeah, she's calling for heads to roll. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that was I thought that was interesting. Definitely the more interesting of the two pieces of flavor text. I want to back up into the first piece of flavor text for just a moment. Okay. Um, I always find that there's a really 
deep parallel between the two. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not so deep. Sometimes it's really obvious. But the the little uh, PSA poem, well, the, something that's become a PSA poem mm-hmm. for, for Tex Kalan, it, it's basically an argument for peace, right? Yes. Peace is good. And it ends with this this statement like, we know best and nothing will ever be as good as what we are right now. Kind of, yeah. Right? It's the It's the we know best part that stuck with me because that seems to be the motivation behind everyone's actions on Elsel Station. Everyone's, everyone thinks they know best and is doing what they need to, quote-unquote need to. Yeah, and it's a society that's in many ways a meritocracy, and it's a society that's built on this council kind of of equals, quote-unquote equals. It's pretty clear that miners and pilots have a little more yeah. authority. Cl- because, clearly some are more equal than others. But but nonetheless, they are, they are meant to be a council of co-equals making decisions for the benefit of the station. And yet you have at least two counselors who have made decisions that they feel is in the best interests of the station without any consideration for getting the rest of the council on board. Uh, and they've both led to... They they have both conflated into an existential threat yeah. to their society. Well, and even Anchu's doing the same thing, thinking that she knows best and threatening the other two with, "How dare you do this to us?" Well, she's no seeing... one. No one seems to be working together. Everyone seems to think that they are right and they must act alone. Well, we don't know that Anchu's uh, necessarily made this decision without the rest of council input. I actually, I would infer that Anchu might have gone and told the other counselors what's going on. Maybe because. Or at least she's threatening to. Definitely she's threatening to. Um, but it's it's certainly a threat on Tarats and Amnard Bat. And we already knew Anchu knew about the sabotage because she was the one who had... She was the one checking up on it. Yeah. who And who had uh, warned Mahit that something might be up. So mm-hmm. anyway, as we move out of the flavor text, uh, we kind of come into Mahit's orbit... In a moment of confusion and kind of shock, actually. Well, it, they have just escaped a small firefight. Yeah, Mahit's disoriented. Three Seagrass is saying she wants to go back and help 12 Azalea. Five Agate is saying there's just no time and they need to move now because they don't know how many more 30 Larkspur supporters are trigger happy. Yeah, with their illegal guns. Inside of the information ministry, and they need to get off the streets because there is a coup in progress. Yeah, exactly. Bad things are happening. So basically, she's, uh, if you'll follow the saying of out of the frying pan and into the fire, she is out of the ministry and right into the sunlit. Uh, essentially, yeah. As they uh, beat a retreat back towards 19 Ads' apartment, they are confronted by a whole platoon. Oh, yeah. Of Sunlit. whole bunch of them. Uh, who all basically are like, hey, listen up, yo. Well, they're in riot police mode, right? Yeah. And they're like, there is a curfew in effect, and you need to not be on the streets right now. And there's a moment where Mahit actually reflects on the possibility that there might be some institutional violence inflicted on them in this moment. Quite possibly. That they might be beaten up and taken into custody by the Sunlit. And it makes her wonder if it was worse to have the personal violence from Six Helicopter... <laughs> or to have the institutional violence of the sunlit of the sunlit and on. possibly the city. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, Mahit's quick thinking saves the day here because she just immediately flies into hysterics. Yeah. And it actually gives the sunlit pause 
because they're like, so what's going on? <laughs> right. Well, and she, uh, how does she put it? Something about breaking the algorithm? Yeah, basically, the algorithm in that moment, her assumption is, is like, well, we need to sweep these people off the street because they're breaking curfew. So she's like, well, what if I present them with a bigger threat? And so she's like, listen, 30 Larkspurs people have taken over the information ministry. ministry. The, my friend has been my, shot. Th- like, there is violence going on in there. It's total bedlam. And the algorithm is legitimately like... Uh, uh, you can almost see the sunlit. She kind of, she kind of hacks the sunlit in this moment. Yeah, you you can almost see them kind of pause and kind of recalibrate and try to prioritize what's going on, and then five agate and three seagrass quickly play into this. Yeah, in in some ways, Mahit believes maybe. I don't. Legitimately, I don't, I don't think three seagrass <laughs> is entirely faking it. No, but, I think she's genuinely upset that her friend got shot. But five eight in particular is like, look, we live right over there. My son is inside. Can we please just go inside and get off the streets, and you can go deal with this bigger problem? And the sunlit are like, yeah, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, everything does does compute, <laughs> citizen. Yeah. Off you go. Uh, one of them splits off to escort them back to make sure that they get do off that. the street. Which, and the which rest is of fine because it's what they want anyway. Yeah, and the rest of them go to investigate the information ministry and the violence that's happened there. Um, yeah, it, it's almost a pity we don't get to see that scene. Probably would have been interesting. Probably. But it does anyway. presage well for the potential survival of uh, gunshot victims. I'll just say that. For the police <laughs> to show up on scene. Oh, I have my fingers crossed for 12 Azalea. Again, we have not seen a body. There is suspicion that he may have... I know, I know. ...been unable to survive his injury, but we... we... I am allowed to have hope. So they get to 19 Anza's apartments. And uh, the busy hum of her information hive is now just a straight-up war room. (laughs) Like, people are going to and fro, uh, delivering messages. 19 ads, stands amidst it all looking tired and ashen. I like to think she has uh, a digital version of one of those bulletin boards that's just full of notes and strings and sticky notes, and except it's all like holographic. Well, we know her superpower is that she pays attention. Yes. So, and she is definitely paying attention to what's going on, and uh, she's definitely paying attention as our trio enter the apartment. Well, yeah. Uh, she notes immediately that Five Agate is hurt and orders her to go and take a rest. Well, she is bleeding. See their their in-house doctor. Of course she has her own in-house doctor. Of course she does. She probably doesn't leave the apartment unless she needs to and has like a full staff. Oh, oh, absolutely she does. Mahid also notices Five Agate's devotion really for the first time in this moment. Like this is a woman who volunteered to go and rescue Mahid. Knowing she might get hurt. Knowing she might die. And this moment where 19 Ads shows her real concern and gratefulness for having done this task for her. Uh, Five Agate is just clearly in bliss in that moment. And Mahid is like, that is loyalty. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Deep, deep-seated loyalty. Indeed. 19 Ads then is posed with a new issue, which is what to do with Mahit and Three Seagrass, uh, a prize that she has just paid dearly for in at least the life of one of her loyal supporters. Yeah, maybe. And Mahit says, "It. I don't care what you want to do with us. We need to go see the emperor now after that whatever we need to get this part done first everything after it doesn't matter 19 ads says this is not an easy request to make and this is not as simple as me sneaking you into the palace in the middle of the night the emperor's not even in the palace anymore and he's under guard and he's not well so like i can't just set up a meeting yeah doesn't work that way right now and so mahit recognizing that this is 19 ads dissembling 
and stonewalling, as she does, plays her ace. So what happens next is a, a bunch of frank discussion and a lot of truth-giving. Yeah. About who knows what and where they are right now. Yeah, it it begins with Mahit kind of explaining that the situation has changed involving her imago. Yes. And that thanks to some illegal psychosurgery... Uh, she has a Yaskander back. She now has a Yaskander back, and also, I've missed you, 19 ads. Thank you for killing me. Yeah, he takes this moment to take over Mahit to say hello, yeah. which is kind of weird and very off-putting to 19 ads. Yeah, this, this for the first time in the entire novel, puts 19 ads on the back foot. Like, more so even than uh, Mahit's armor-piercing question many chapters ago in the bathroom. This is something that floors 19 ads. Yep. And while 19 ads and Yaskander do both kind of agree that this is not the moment to have this discussion about who murdered whom. Um, <laughs> we can argue about murder later. And Mahit scolds him for now who's the one who's flirting in the midst of a crisis, Mr. Guy. 19 ads says, all right, you've, you've got my attention now. So what is this vital information that you need to deliver to the emperor? I will hear it first. And if I agree that it's vital... I will see what I can do. I will see what strings I can pull and what levers I can pull with what influence I have left to get you to see the emperor. And as you said before, this is where a very frank conversation begins. Mm -hmm. And I feel like like it's an interesting turn of the tables because in previous chapters, 19 Ads has always been the one firmly in control of any conversation she's been in. Well, with, she's always been the smartest person in the room. But for the first time, she's tired, she's flustered, she's off kilter because of this Yaskander reveal, and she's completely off her guard. And for the first time, Mahid is able to get some direct answers from her mm -hmm. well, in a and, very interesting way. And for way. the first time, uh, 19 Ads isn't the smartest person in the room. She doesn't know everything. No, Mahit has information that she doesn't have, and Yaskander is at least as up to speed as 19 ads yes, is in, exactly. many, so in many respects. For the for the first time in their entire week-ish long friendship, uh, Mahit actually has the upper hand. Yeah. And uh, Mahit does this, this fine negotiation, if you ask me, very ambassadorial of her, with, okay, you want this information that I'm going to give to the emperor, I need to know I can trust you first. Yeah, I like the way she words it. I, I need to know that I can choose to put my trust in you and not that I have to put my trust in you. Yeah. And I don't know that those were her exact words. That's me kind of paraphrasing. But it was it's an interesting way to look at that situation. Right. So and it becomes a little bit more interrogation than it does sharing of information. Kind of. Because Mahit needs to know some things first. So the first and most important question is what was up with that deadly leaf? Yeah. And why did you save me from it? M remember when I almost died? Yeah. And 19 ads kind of confirms something that we had speculated, sort of. We weren't quite right. It was one of the theories. Yeah, we were close. We we didn't get the bullseye, but we hit, like, the ring around the bullseye. <laughs> Basically, 19 ads confirms that she knew the Deadly Leaf was there and that she was going to let Mahit die and then changed her mind because at the end of the day, Mahit was simultaneously not Yaskander and to Yaskander, I guess would be the best way to put it. Uh, yeah, that's pretty pretty accurate, I think. Yeah, they were. there was enough Yaskander there that 19 ads felt a little bit of friendship with Mahit, even in the short time they'd known each other, and would have felt bad about her dying. And she wasn't Yaskander. Her motivations 
were different. Were different. Yeah. And so she didn't have uh, the same reason to murder Mahit that she had to murder Yaskander. Right. So in actuality, not having a working Imago saved her life. Kind of, In that yeah. moment. This is the really interesting part I find about this little confession. That poisonous flower came from 30 Larkspur. And Mahit finds that interesting because 30 Larkspur did not kill Yaskander. And from the sounds of it, didn't really have any reason to kill Yaskander. But he apparently had a reason to kill Mahit. Right? This, so that's a question I have because something didn't click there for me. What's the difference now? We do know the difference from 19 Adza's perspective. The way that she kind of ultimately came down on it was the more she thought about it, the more it felt like Yaskander was going to put an abomination on the throne. And that could have caused irreparable damage to the Empire and, to an extent, to the Emperor himself. Quite possibly. And she could not allow that to happen. And so she and Ten Pearl killed Yaskander because the the general consensus was we can't allow this to happen. For the good of the realm. Um, And another thing that I think is interesting about that is that everyone who quote-unquote matters knows that she and Ten Pearl killed Yaskander, up to and including the Emperor himself. Yep. And she's like, the truth is he he knows, and I think he knows why, and I think he's okay with the with the reasoning, he, even if he's kind of cross at me for doing it. Yeah, he might not like it, but he understands the reason. Yeah, which in a way almost kind of hurts a little more, I think, because by the end of this chapter, 19 Ads makes it very clear that her loyalty is to Six Direction, first and foremost. And that's one of the reasons she killed Yaskander, because she she thought that this was going to harm him in an existential way. Yes. Um, but back to the original point about 30 Larkspur, you had asked, why would he want to sweep Mahit off the table? Yeah. As quickly and as efficiently as possible. If he didn't care so much about getting rid of Yaskander, why does he suddenly care so much about Mahit? Yeah. And uh, you had a little bit of a theory about that. I have a possible scenario about what 30 Larkspur is doing, but it actually doesn't answer my question about Mahit. Okay. So to back up one one more step one more time, we it, it is like blatantly stated for us what we had been suspecting for chapters, that 30 Larkspur is in fact after the throne. Yes. <clears throat> right? Like she, she lays all that out on the table very clear, fills in the details for us. It's less that it's laid out for us and more that um, Mahit puts it together. And to an extent, Three Seagrass also kind of yeah. clicks with they, that too. They, they piece it all together and lay it out, obviously. Um, so the question I had was, did Six Direction promise 30 Larkspur the throne someday, knowing that he could never have it? Was 30 Larkspur being strung along by the Emperor? And is this coup his vengeance for that betrayal because the other option i see is that 30 larkspur is just really really ambitious well it's possible but at the same time you have to look at some of the other people who are acting in this drama because eight loop has to have a motivation as well and eight loop is as close to the emperor as a sister 19 ads and 10 pearl killed yaskander to prevent the Imigo technology from getting into Six Direction's hands, but I get the impression 19 Ads is none too happy with what's going on with 30 Larkspur right now. So there's clearly several factions working across purpose. Yes. And I don't know that it's safe to say that this coup is necessarily revenge so much as maybe 30 Larkspur 
taking his shot and using maybe one lightning's attempted usurpation as his opportunity to sneak in the back door, basically. Well, everyone's looking over there. He's coming in the back with a knife in the ribs. Maybe he's trying to kill two birds with one stone, take out the emperor and one lightning during the whole same, <laughs> during the same riot. Maybe. Could be. Hard to say. That still doesn't answer my question about his problem with Mahit. Well, if he suspected that Elsul's station was responsible for the offer to the Emperor and not just Yaskander, then there's a high probability that the next ambassador would be coming to implicitly continue the sale of this technology to the Emperor. So killing another ambassador immediately so that even if they were going to send another ambassador, it would take weeks or months long after his attempted coup and probably Six Directions ailing health have taken care of the situation. It just might be that he needs Mahit out of the way now to ensure that that Imago technology doesn't get into the Emperor's hands. Yeah, but then why not be totally on board with the death of Yaskander? He might not have been in the loop on that. That could have been a decision that Ten Pearl and 19 Ads made independently of him. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, okay. And I mean, it seems, at least on the surface, that Eight Loop is now working with 30 Larkspur. So maybe, yeah, we don't know. Like, again, we still don't have a completely clear picture of what's going on. Eight Loop, Eight Loop's stance is still really quite vague to me, considering we've seen her once and met her once, and then that's it. Yeah, we have a brief memory about her. We know that she has adopted the. Uh, I want to call him the Prince Regent, but that's not the right term for it. The downside of being stuck to Mahit and really only Mahit in this story, with the with the brief interludes not really counting, because they're just to keep us oppressed of what's going on at Elsel Station. Yes. Um, we're we're really stuck to Mahit's perspective, and there's big events going on around her that she's not seeing the full picture of, and therefore it's being kept from us, the reader, as well. Well, yeah. So there's a lot of like even this late in the book, and we are. Very late in this book. We'll say we have three chapters left now. We don't, we still don't have a clear picture of what's going on. We're getting a clearer picture of what's going on, but we don't have a full picture. So once again, wild speculation on our part. It's true. Well, one thing that isn't wild speculation is the answer to 19 Ads' question, which yes. is now, I've, I've told you what you want to know. Now you need to tell me what I want to know. What is this vital information that you have for the Emperor? And... Why is it so important that you, the Elsel Station Ambassador, get this information from your station and deliver it to the Emperor? And Mahit kind of pieces it together in that moment, like more or less by the way that that was phrased to her. As she goes, of course, it's what Eight Loop said before in that news announcement Mm -hmm. several chapters ago. Eight Loop had mentioned that there is no legal precedent for an invasion to expand the empire if the empire's borders are not secure. Right. The legal precedent is that you sh- you shouldn't go and conquer a new territory if you can't control your current territory. And this whole business in the Odile system. Yeah, and Mahit's like she was probably talking about the Odile insurrection. Well, at and the that's time. what she assumed at the time as well. But I happen to know for a fact there is an existential alien threat. The others are coming from the far north. And they're bringing eternal winter to the Empire. And (laughs) that is a pretty serious threat on your borders. So this whole invading Elsel Station space needs to be put on hold until those guys are dealt with. And I need to tell the Emperor that so that he can call off the ships. 
And 19 ads is like, huh, okay. Yes, okay, good. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. I guess we're going to see the emperor now. But first, they have to, well, they don't have to, but they have this interesting little ceremony. Yeah, um, basically, one lightning's people are marching on the palace, and they're being provoked into attacking civilians by 30 Larkspur supporters who are trying to make one lightning look real bad, basically. And 19 ads has already said, look, like, the emperor was moved to a safe location. I know where he is because I'm still the smartest I'm... person in the room at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm in a suazuakot. But, but, I need to know where your loyalties lie if this is going to happen. Because I am loyal not to 30 Larkspur and not to One Lightning and not to 8 Loop and not to 10 Pearl. I am loyal to his most brilliant radiance, Six Direction, Sun Emperor of the Texaglanli Empire. And... I need to know that you are too if we're going to go through with this. And Which three, is fair, right? Yeah. If you're taking someone to the safe house, you want to make sure that they're not going to murder stab anybody. Indeed. And so three seagrass in that moment is like, I am willing to swear a blood oath to that fact. I mean he's like, uh, there's that blood oath thing again that yeah. came up in like chapter three. Yeah, me too, I guess. Hey Iskander, uh, what's up with that? How how do I go through that? And Iskander's like, Well, here's the deal. I was offered to make a blood oath to swear my loyalty to Six Direction back in the day, and I was unwilling to do it to the full extent of, like, pledging him my undying loyalty. But I was like, listen, dude, I'll be frank with you, and I'll be honest with you, and I'll support you, but I'm not willing to go this far. And he's like, well, we are now. <laughs> Extreme circumstances call for dress. No, no, wait. What's the saying? <laughs> Desperate times call for desperate measures. There you go. You That's what that. I was looking for. I'm sorry. I'm very tired, everybody. It's been a long day. Yeah. And that's basically where the chapter ends, with uh, our trio pledging their undying loyalty to Six Direction and vowing that he will remain on the throne until he draws his final breath. And no- Legitimate final breath. Yeah. And no, and no up-jumped admirals or- Shifty flower politicians are going to be unseating him today. <laughs> Shifty flower politicians. And uh, that's basically where we end off. Yeah. So here we go into, I, I assume, soon, the climax of our book. Well, I think we're kind of in the climax. Well, we're in a rising action. Well, fair I, enough. I don't think we've peaked just yet. Yeah, I think there's going to be a showdown involving some of the key players in this conspiracy before the end. Oh, probably. Yeah, I don't think we've seen the last of 8-Loop or, for that matter, 8-Antidote. Uh, I'm pretty sure 30 Larkspur will show his face once more before the end. Maybe even One Lightning will uh, deign... <laughs> Arrive in person? ...to uh, show his face once more in this novel uh, without just being kind of around. <laughs> or a hologram. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, exciting. So you'll want to read up on chapter 20 of our novel yes, uh, before next week. And uh, in the meantime, uh, Nita, uh, you have, uh, you have some, some stuff to, to talk about. I have an ad to read. On behalf of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV. This episode of The Read Along is brought to you by Unit B Coworking. Unit B is a multi-company co-working space focused on helping people pursue their passions and making Edmonton its creative best. Join a tight-knit group of freelancers, startups, and established organizations, all dedicated to getting things done. 
Besides desks and offices, Unit B offers members access to its podcasting studio and meeting spaces, as well as a kitchen, Wi-Fi, and the usual amenities. It's located in the historic McKinney Building on 104th Street, close to everything downtown, including the Bay LRT Station. Book a tour today at unitb.ca. Always good to support the supporters of the Alberta Podcast Network, because that in turn helps support us. Yeah. And uh, and we do like that. <laughs> yes, we do. Another way to support us is to uh, give us a, a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice because that helps uh, yeah. people take notice of us a little bit. I've said before, we welcome feedback. Yeah. I'm a big fan of constructive criticism. You can uh, give us some feedback or just chime in on the novel or eh, thoughts about anything, really. Oh, on, I love other people's theories about the books we're reading. On, I think they're great. Uh, and you can do that on the social media. Yeah. Our usual selection, Twitter, Instagram. Facebook, uh, Goodreads. Yeah, there's a little bit of action going on at Goodreads, uh, which you can jump in on. Uh, we are at the read along at pretty much all of the yeah. above. You can send us an email if you have a lot to say. Yeah, the read along at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we'll see you next time. I'm not going to get my space fight, am I? Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. Goodreads.com.